Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll continue the book by W. Philip Keller, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Our study today is in chapter 3, He Makes Me Lie Down in Green Pastures. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. As sheep, we shouldn't. We have the Word of God. We go by what God's Word says. And, and that's what, how we lead. And, and so when we talk about the way that God's intention is the man to lead the home, when we get to Ephesians chapter 5, we'll talk about all of that. And why? It's, it's, it's important to understand. I mean, it's this, again, these are, you say something like that, and, and I can tell you right now, Instagram will lose their mind. Because progressive Christians are, are all about, we need to give those roles to women. You can't say that a husband's the, the head of the house. That goes against the culture. But it, 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 it actually, you know, now, it, 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 when we say the head of the home or the pastor of the home, it's in Scripture. So when, a, when, a, when the woman tries to take the lead... It creates problems in the home. It doesn't mean that you're not part of the decision process, the, the, you know, the, the prayer process, all of that stuff. I mean, my wife is smarter than me in, on almost every category. And so I need to hear everything she has to say. I need to hear her heart on the decisions we make. And then I pray about it. I seek God, and then we, we move forward. One of the things that she always says is it's such, an e- it's such a place of ease because she don't have to worry about it. It's on me. <laughs> I'll be the one answering to God later. And, and so it, it, when we look at this, friction happens in our homes. It happens at work. It happens in the church because we're, we, we can't lie down. Are we wanting our way? Are we wanting to be the, the number two? Are we wanting to be the lead? Are we wanting, what is it that you're, you're pushing towards? And why are you bumping into all the other sheep and causing them not to be able to rest? That's what the friction is. Ezekiel chapter 34 verses 14 through 15 says, I will feed them in the good pasture and their fold shall be on the high mountain of Israel. They shall lie down in the good fold and feed in rich pastures on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. See, when we try to stand up and, and always seem like we have to contest everything or defend everything, we don't need to. We have God. We have the Good Shepherd. You know, as, as 
David was dealing with uh, Abishai, the son, you see that in 2 Samuel chapter 16, verses 9 through 16, then Abishai, the son of Zariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Please let me go over and take off his head. So David's guys are ready to just kill the guy. Right? He's like, we're done. I know that's your son. I don't care. Let's just take his head off. Right? And then he says, but the king said, what, what have I had done to you, uh, done to you with you, you sons of Zariah? So let him curse, because the Lord has said to him, curse David. Who then shall say, why have you uh, done so? And David said to Abishai and all the servants, see how my son who came from my own body seeks my life. And how much more now the Benjamite, let him alone, let him curse. For so the Lord has ordered him. He's like, there's three things that are happening in here as we see friction. Friction is an encounter where you're something that God's allowed, or Satan's doing, or it's just the world. We see friction in the world today. But I think what happens is God allows some friction to happen because he's growing us as Christians. How are you going to respond? See, it's, it's Abishai is a great example because what does Abishai do? He's ready to chop somebody's head off. That's his first reaction. Is that a good reaction? No. That's just going to create more friction. It's going to cause a war, right? And that's not what he wants to do. We need to overcome friction by being stable in our walk. In 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that, that uh, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Be stable. You're going to have friction in the world. Just think about your car brakes, right? When you're driving, you're going to, the slow down, what does it have? Friction. It has friction. And, and so we need to remember that friction is going to happen at times, but we need to not be trying to keep up with the Joneses, right? Somebody in the church does something, they get a car, or they did something, oh, I'm going to get a car too, because they got one. Or, or this family's, well, the, the, you know, they let their daughter do this, so we need to let ours do it too. And you're just trying to keep up with them. That's not what we do. We struggle for status no matter, and, and I love that he talked about that, because we do. We all want to be the top sheep. We all do. We butt heads, we quarrel, we're all trying to, to get ahead at times, and when that happens, people get hurt. And that's where, I love what Philip Keller says, this is where petty peeves grow into horrible hate. It is where ill will and contempt come into being, the place where heated rivalry and deep discontent is born. It is here that discontent gradually grows into a covetous way of life, where one has to be forever standing up for himself, for his right standing up uh, just to get ahead of the crowd. And I love what he said. He goes, the sheep that, that are at, at rest are the ones that don't have the friction. The ones that are usually in the back of the pack. They're not trying to, to fight for all that stuff. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6, it says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. We, we seek the shepherd. We, we seek not to have friction. Matthew chapter 20, verse 16, so the last will be first and 
the first last, for many are called, but few are chosen. You go, well, I want to be Pastor Mike. I'm last in this church. Okay. If that's what you want to do, that, go plant a church. Right? Go plant a church. You don't agree with what I'm doing? Go plant a church. You don't agree with the way that I'm running the church? Go plant a church. Lead it the way that you want to lead it. But understand this. You're called to be a servant. And if you're in any form of leadership, you're last. You're last. And so we need to have compassion for each other. And that requires a humble heart. Micah chapter 6, verse 8, and we're going to deal with that this weekend as we talk about humility. Micah chapter 6, verse 8, we have very familiar verse. I'm sure that the, the, there are a number of studies written on this verse. He has shown you, old man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Beautiful verse. And so that's one of the things you're going to deal with is friction. You'll deal with it in your family. How are you going to handle it? Are you going to go to the shepherd? Like when that friction happens, you need to identify, is this from God? Is God allowing this? Or, or, or is Satan attacking us? Or is this just the world? Unfortunately, a lot of the things are just the world today. It's the world that we're in. There's friction that's caused, you know, if you think about the LGBTQIA and, and just all of that, and there's just friction from that. You know, look at, there's a movie, Sound of Freedom. Look at the friction that's caused. It exposed a lot of dark hearts and companies that are doing a lot of evil things and states that are doing a lot of evil things. But just look at the friction that's caused from the world, from sin. But if Satan's attacking you, you need to cling to the shepherd. Guess what? If Satan's attacking you, praise God, because you're worthy of being attacked. That means you're doing something for the kingdom of God. You're seeking first the kingdom of God. Not every attack is from Satan, though. So don't be blaming that. Like, if you decide to go take a right turn and into sin, that, you can't blame that on Satan. The friction you're having is because of you. That's what you chose. You reap what you sow. The other thing is, is he talked about being free of pest. This is to me, you know, like he's talking about the predators and the insects and the parasites that sheep deal with. Sheep can be driven crazy. And when we get to the later chapters, we'll find out about it. When, it, when the parasites get in their, up their nose and into the brain, they go crazy. They beat themselves up against the fence or a tree and they kill themselves because of pest. And, and that's not only... The, the, you know, the nasal flies and all that stuff he was talking about, but also the, the predators that are out there trying to kill them. And in this Christian life, you're going to have those type of things that happen where, you know, we, we would call it being bugged. And I think that's what W. Philip Keller called it. As Christian, there are these irritations that come up. Sometimes it's a family member that's not a believer. And, and, and you're trying to help, but it's just... No matter what you do, there's just irritation there. And, and you just got to go back and pray. And, and you know, again, it's, uh, what we're doing is we're continuing to just keep going back to the shepherd. In James chapter 1, verse 19, it says, so Then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. 
We're in Christ's care. And we have the Holy Spirit. So we can be slow to speak because you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. So anybody who tells me I can't be slow to speak, I just got to say what I need to say. If it's hurting somebody and you know it's going to hurt them and you're doing it deliberately to do it, that's not right. But guess what? If you have somebody that's doing it to you and you know they're saying what they're saying to try to, to throw daggers and hurt you, they're looking for something to just dig in. You need to be slow to speak. You don't have to defend yourself. You have God. God's all-knowing. God knows the heart. And if you can see that person's agitated, that's not the time to deal with it. It's, it's, You've got you to gotta be slow to wrath, slow to speak. Wrath is what? When anger is out of control. That's, that's, it's, it's one step. You go from anger to wrath. And wrath usually gets violent either by speech, verbally, or by action. And that, you know, you think about the old days. Like I remember throwing stuff across the room, you know. And sadly, that's, that's how I dealt with stuff. But that's, you know, those are, those are I, was, I was probably a pest to a lot of people and caused a lot of, a, a lot of uh, f frustration for a lot of people because I was so sinful. And Proverbs 15, 1 says, a soft, answer, a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stirs up anger. Choose love over irritability. Okay. If, if you don't have anything, like, you're, you're like, like I, I, I really can't, don't want to hear anything else out of you today. You ever been in that place where you're just like, man, I, I, I'm, for some reason, it's always after I've served and I'm the most tired that one of the kids need to come in and just unload this heavy piece of package, you know, of stuff that's going on in their life. And you're just so tired. And you, and you just got to gotta be soft and hear them out. Even there are times when I'm going, you realize, like, part of this is your fault. You know, these are the decisions you've made. But you have to have a soft answer. Because inside, you're like, could you please get to the point? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. And I know my wife's probably that way. We've been married 37 years. She's heard me talk for 37 years. She's probably just like, could you just, come on, can we have a moment of silence, right? And, and, and I, but at the end of the day, it's like love over irritability, okay? Love over irritability. When your husband comes home and he's exhausted from work and he's irritable, right? Dinner's not ready, he's upset, or he's hangry or whatever they want to call it, love him. And then tell him later, hey, I love you, but you came in a little hot. Not hot, Texas hot. Your attitude was a little hot. You need to, look, if you don't ever say something to somebody and, with a soft answer, right? You, then what do we do? We just keep being pests and we keep hurting each other. And that's the person you live with. You should be able to say, hey, honey, I love you. But I don't know what happened at work today, but you came in hot you don't have to do it at that moment, but later on, just say, when you're praying, say, look, I really love you, but I wish you would leave that stuff at the door. Pray before you come in. And you go, Mike, that's, come on. But you, y'all have to be real with each other. You're married. You're married. 
Love over irritability in your marriage and in your family in this church. People come in tired. They've had a bad week. Stuff are going on. Love them. As hard as that is. And if you don't have anything to say, just have a soft answer and say, God bless you. Let me pray for you. Right? Friction happens. Pest happens. Elijah had a pest named Jezebel. To the point where Elijah was ready for him to just say, Lord, take me home. He was ready to die. He was tired. He was exhausted. He had poured out. In 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 8, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also, he had executed the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So let the gods, little gods, do to me, and more also, if, if, you, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them uh, by tomorrow about this time. Now, the reason why she's saying this is she's not going to kill him. Because she, she knows if she kills him, he's going to be a martyr. So she's threatening him. She's a pest. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. And he went, Beersheba went, which belongs to Judah, and left the servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. And he came and sat down under a broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. And said, It's enough. Now the Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. This is what happens when you don't deal with the pest. They can have power over you. Really. They can bring you to a place of anxiety, to a place of suicide. Think about online right now. How many pests are online? How much people are, are talking down to each other and, and, and just, I mean, however they can come at somebody in the comments. And you don't know what state that person's in. But for, for Elijah, he was exhausted. And it was enough to send him over the barrel. And so we need to be very careful with our words. And it says, Now the Lord take my life from no better than my father's. Then he... Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. When you're in this place, you need the shepherd. Thank Lord, who did he go to? Lord, take my life. He cried out to God. And God heard. God heard. Then God feeds. So remember this. When you're in the middle of dealing with friction, are pest and you can't find rest, God is your place of rest. God is your place of peace and tranquility. And he will help you lie down by those green pastures. And then he looked and there was, by his head, was, ba uh, was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid, laid down again. And, it, and then the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, Arise, eat, because the journey is too great for you. So God is like, you're getting up and getting moving. And he sends them to Mount Horeb, which is actually a place where Moses was at. And there's so many, if you study that scripture, there's so many parallels to him and Moses. But Elijah's spent. But God's not done with him yet. He's like, hey, you need to get up. Your shepherd is going to move you. Okay? Because he loves you. He's not going to leave you there. He's not going to leave you there. These spiritual attacks will happen. It's going to happen in your life. 
He heads down uh, to Mount Horeb, and in 1 Kings 9, 9 verses 9, uh, 19, verse 9, it says, and There he went into a cave and spent the night in that place, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? What's going on? That's how much the shepherd cares for his sheep. Like, I know this thing happened, and you wanted, you wanted me to take you home. But what are you doing here? What is going on in your life? Why can't you find rest? What fear? What friction? Who's the pest that's driving you crazy? It's just Jezebel. And I'm all-knowing, and I'm all-powerful, and I have plans. And he's going to deal with that. But he, he asked a very poignant question. What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel. I have, um, for Israel, I have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with, my, with the sword. I, I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. So here's the excuse. I've done all this stuff, and you have me here. And you got to be careful because pests will draw you into questioning God too. Okay? When you're having fear and friction and you're, you're not free of pests, you will start to question God if your faith is not stable, if you're not immovable. Then he said, I love this, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by, and, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains, and broke the rocks and pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was, and Elijah heard it, that he, was, that he wrapped his face in the mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here? Elijah, second time. And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord. He gives him the same answer again, right? Because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I am, I am, I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. You're never alone. No matter what fear, no matter what friction, no matter what pest you go, what, whoever's chasing after you, you're never alone. You have God. You have the shepherd. What are you doing here, Elijah? And then he gives them a list of things, and we don't have time to go through all of that, but he tells them what's going to happen, including the person who's going to replace them. You're done. Your time. You're going to go through this. You're going to see victory, and then you're going to anoint the next person. But I'm with you. I'm with you. We have to remember, I mean, even as we look at all these different things, the last one was feeling hungry. And you sit there and think, man, how many times have we been hangry? That's the only thing I can think of every time I read this. But I started thinking about David and the showbread. They were starving. Remember, and in, in, in I think it's in 1 Samuel, in 1 Samuel 21, and David and his men are hungry. You can't find rest in the green pastures when you're starving and your stomach's churning you you don't sleep but yet even in that and jesus refers back to this when he's doing uh during his time of ministry refers back to the showbread 
But even then, it, it tells you that there is no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread if the young men have at least kept themselves from women. So not only is David being taken care of, but the rest of the sheep are being taken care of, and they're being taken care of by the shepherd. Although he's being chased and to be killed by Saul. And here he is going to be the next king of Israel, and he's still serving God, and he's still going through all of this stuff. And Saul is going to be a very good pest for David for some time. And, and so when we look at these different things, it's a reminder as, as we look at this chapter and we close out, and I'll close out in prayer. Uh, it's, we deal with different things in our, in our walks with God. And, and it's a reminder that whether it's fear, whether it's friction, whether it's free of, you have pest, you're, you're not free of pest, or you're feeling hungry, right? Because the sheep need great pastors. And what I mean by that is they need green, lush pastors. Because when the sheep are fed, they find rest. They find rest. Your green pastures is the Word of God. That's, man, let me tell you something. The most lush pastor that you can have is God's Word. Open it. Feed yourself. Right? Find rest in it. Find rest for your souls. Let's pray. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 